and one time only needed, say enable Zone 1150 skill. Then anytime you want to hear your favorite host or teams, all you have to do is say play Zone 1150. Make sure to set it up and say enable Zone 1150 skill and then listen in anytime just by saying play Zone 1150. tap it's the Bellucci hour powered by king ranch saddle shop king ranch saddle shop features authentic goods inspired by the original texas ranch zach taylor hanging out with billy lucci with you we're going to be covering all things going on with texas a&m obviously fall camp kicking off on friday and then of course uh, the open uh, practice that the aggies held yesterday at kyle field also going to be touching on some other things going on throughout fall camp but first let's give a shout out we've got our front table back you guys can hear me. Congratulations. That, good to see y'all back. I know y'all didn't think I was going to say that, but it is good to see y'all back. I might be the only person that's actually going to tell y'all that. But, no, it's good, to, it's good to see you guys back. Glad the front table is back and glad that uh, we're rocking and rolling here at the tap and getting ready for some Aggie football. How many of y'all ended up going to the open practice yesterday? Anybody? See, I just assumed that y'all were just going to come here and just wait to hear what Billy and I had to say about it. But – that being said, we're glad that you guys went. Uh, it was a pretty cool deal that Jimbo Fisher and company were able to put together and having an open practice that the fans are going to be able to come in and take a look. And so uh, we're actually going to hear from Jimbo Fisher coming up. It was uh, going to be the first segment of our Jimbo Said segments coming up in the Bellucci Hour. And uh, Jimbo Said brought to you by B&B Automotive. Celebrating 35 years in the Brazos Valley is no small feat. And B&B Automotive couldn't have done it without you. And so we're going to be hearing from Jimbo here in the second half of the hour is the man of the hour himself coming in. Billy Lucci, the great applause. Everybody's been waiting on you, Lucci, by saying, who's this guy that's up here? Where is Billy? How are we going to do the show without Billy? All kinds of other stuff. They... I'm not going to repeat everything they were saying about you, but for the most part, it was it was all good. So I'm sure you you appreciate that. I do, I do. <laughs> I always appreciate. It. I always appreciate the front table. What a pleasant surprise! You know, and the thing is, too, they rolled in here. They didn't ask for any help. They were like, "Hey, we already know the, the we know the drill. They know the it's deal. been a hot minute, but we're going to put these tables together. This is just how we're going to we're going to hang out. We're going to break yep. some bread and listen to some Aggie football. And uh, talking about Aggie football, Luch. Uh, they had the open practice yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts about that here in just a sec. But, you know, three days into fall camp now, what have been what have been your observations so far from this team? How do you feel like the team has looked, at least in these first three days? Because you've got to expect some rust, right? But I haven't see seen a much. lot of rust. For You know, that, that's the thing, Zach. And, like, I, you know me, I'm, a, I'm really big into the – and everybody wants reports right now, right now, and I won't do it. I won't cave, like, on the long – but about a week in, I'll have a, a, a pretty comprehensive, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're a week out of three before game week. Then I think it gets significant. But first impressions do matter. And I think my, the first impressions I've had is this is the best-looking A&M team that I've seen. Like, on the hoof, walk out of that practice bubble, out on the field, they, they look – Incredible. Now, a lot of that are these young guys that haven't played a lot yet in the trenches. Some of these young DBs physically look really impressive. Uh, but when, when you just look at this roster that Jimbo's assembled and you go, this is a different-looking thing. This is what you see more of in Athens year after year in, in Baton Rouge and, and even to some degree 
in places like Tuscaloosa, probably Columbus, Clemson. It's closer to them than it is where A&M's coming from. And, and it's probably closer to them than the rest of the top ten. Like, you look at the other teams in the top ten, and it's like, like I think A&M, if you just walked out these football teams, they would physically look more like Bama than they do OU. Yeah, that's by design. And, I, and, and that's by design, and it's also it, it, it's the way they've recruited, and they've recruited trenches, and they've recruited – Power and speed, they've adjusted to this league. I think it is a top five roster right now, which makes sense. They finish in the top five, they're preseason top ten, and probably the only reason they're not in the top five is because they don't return a quarterback. Right. And you almost, unless you're Alabama, you kind of need to be doing that. (laughs) Not not everybody can bounce back like Bama can. But they look great, Zach. And and you said that period of adjustment, that, that shaking the rust off, I think they look surprisingly efficient, surprisingly uh, – it's like they, they, they're they a veteran team now, and you can tell, and they're a team that they've only known Jimbo's system. They've only trained under Jerry Schmidt. They've yeah, only played under Daryl Dickey and Mike Elko. Like, that, that shows. So even these young guys, they know what to expect. And when you have half your class here for the spring – it, it looks, sounds, and feels different out there. There's yeah. no question about you it. You don't have those veterans kind of on the same page as the new guys and that they're still trying to figure out what to do under mm-hmm. Jimbo. He's been here. He's been able to solidify everything. They know how his practices are run. They know how he likes to run his football team. Uh, now, you talked about size, and you made a little bit of a mention about it, but speed as well. I think that's something that I know a lot of Aggie fans are wanting to see this year with explosive plays. We'll hear from Jimbo talking about the wide receiving core here in just a little while, but um, when you look at the speed that's on display, I think that has also kind of taken it up a notch for this season. Yeah, I mean, and, and where are you talking about? Like, we could talk about in the secondary where you've added guys like Antonio Johnson, where he's going to play a ton more. You, you talk about linebacker where you'll probably see uh, Hansford and White are both fast, and then you're going to add probably a, a nice dose of Edrin Cooper who can fly at that position uh, up front. You know you've got the power with guys like Clemens and, and Leal and the bigs in the middle, but then you've also got now Donnell Harris in year two, Fidel Diggs, uh, Tyree Johnson off the edge. So you got speed off the edge. Really, we know what they've got, but on offense, when you look at Devon A-Chain, Anaya Smith, um, Chase Lane can really go. Once Caleb Chapman's back out there every day, which is real soon, he, he's about ready. Caleb can fly. Caleb is is a low four four guy. I yeah, he showed a lot of speed last year. Um, and then when Demas gets back from that foot injury, he's he's probably realistically right around right at a four four, even high four threes when he can really go. Hez. but then the real ones to me though are A Chain, Anias, and uh, I'm telling you, they mentioned him yesterday. Yule Keith Brown is a guy to watch. People are talking about him. They're talking about his ball skills. They're talking about the explosive speed. They have, they really have a chance to upgrade in that department and add even more big play threat. And that doesn't count. I didn't say the names Widemeyer, Cup. I didn't say uh, I didn't say Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. Who, for a guy his size, has really good speed. And people forget Isaiah. 
please tell me that guy's not a big play threat out of the backfield. Like, I don't. He's got breakaway speed. People absolutely. just don't think because he's big. Like, in the last two years, Isaiah Spiller has a highlight reel worth of plays over 25 yards against SEC opposition. So, yeah, I think the big play potential of this offense. And, oh, by the way, I didn't mention him, and he, he's battling for a starting job, but Haynes King. If he's your starting QB, you got a guy in there that runs a sub four four five. Wild. You got a lot of athleticism on all parts of that offense. Um, real quick, let's let's turn to this defense. Uh, McKinley Jackson's future not really known at this point. Exactly how that's going to shake out with him, but not saying you ever want to end up losing a player. But if you were to pick a position that you might could you could recover from that much easier. It seems like it would be the defensive line just because of the depth and talent that they have there. Yeah, and for starters, like, I know nothing official, but I feel confident in saying he has a future on the AM football team. I think it's this year. Like, I don't think we're talking about some kind of uh, lengthy punishment or dismissal. I really don't. Um, I'm was that ab- team pictures last or yeah, yesterday, I believe? was so. running yesterday at practice. Yep. I absolutely don't think it's anything along those lines. My speculation was a, a brief suspension. I think it'll be more than just running. Um, but I don't think it's anything that's going to cost him his second year. And, and and I hope not for the defense's sake because, like you said, that is a very deep position. But last year Bobby Brown w- was your best at that spot. Yep, and I then know. McKinley at times was even better, but he wasn't, you know, ready to be the everyday starter. But, he, man, he was really impactful when he was in there. Yeah. And if you go from not having Bobby and then not having McKinley, yeah, it's nice to have all that depth and stuff. But then you start going where maybe a freshman has to play more as a backup. And maybe it's, it's, a, it's a cumulative effect. and It doesn't just affect one spot. It's the depth as well. They would really benefit from having McKinley. And I also think – we were talking about him today on our little 21 players in 21 days, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure the guy by the end of the year couldn't be like one of your t- three best players on your defense. He showed a lot of promise last year. Yeah. I mean, playing in all 10 games, it's not like you're, you're going to be missing a guy who didn't play hardly any snaps. I but mean, they do have SEC depth really damn near everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's a little – you'd like a little more playing experience at corner. Brian George got quite a bit down the stretch last year. That was significant. But outside of those, your starters and him, not much. But luckily, those true freshmen came in during the spring, Chappelle, Chappelle and, uh, and Deuce Harmon. And because of injuries to Jones and Jones, they basically started the whole second half. Got of a lot of reps. Yeah. A lot of reps. Well, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to touch on this move. Eli Stowers at tight end. That is kind of an interesting uh, yeah. development. And so we're going to touch on that. I want to touch a little bit more on the running back game when we get back again. I'm Zach Taylor. He's Billy Lucci. You're listening to the Lucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap. King Ranch Saddle Shop, this family-run business, wants to take care of your family, making your transportation a priority. Again, you're listening hey, to you the Lucci Hour on the zone. 
Opening the door to the King Ranch Saddle Shop in Century Square, you're immediately hit with the unmistakable scent of high-quality leather. Everywhere you look, boots, apparel, and accessories to home goods, luggage, and gifts, you see King Ranch's love of ranch style and functionality. King Ranch is known for their quality, stewardship, and authenticity that's lasted for seven generations. Only the best is good enough, and our products are meant to be passed down for generations. The King Ranch Saddle Shop has found a home in Aggieland at Century Square on University Drive. Stop in and spend some time with us. The Tap on Harvey Road has been serving BCS since 1990. If you're hungry, the Huge Kitchen features a menu with a large selection of unique items like deep-fried fajita bites or a 4-inch high club sandwich. See the menu at thetapbcs.com or on DoorDash. Join the Tap Mondays and Thursdays for the new live broadcast all about Aggie football at 6 or live trivia every Friday. Karaoke Mondays, Piano Bar Wednesdays, and live bands are also Tap specialties. Even book your next event or office party with the Tap. Go to thetapbcs.com for more info. This is ESPN Radio. Head coach Mike Boynton, Oklahoma State basketball. Men's talent, work ethic that's been unmatched by any other kid I've coached. Talking to Matt Nagy right now, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. When I say the room is healthy, Andy Dalton's doing everything he possibly can to help Justin. Charles Haley, Pro Football Hall of Famer. I always believed that the fans, they're the ones that paid my salary. I always felt like I owed them something. Talking to Pat Connaughton right now, NBA champion. The talking head saying it can't be done. Giannis has to leave. It just makes it that much sweeter in the end. Rams head coach Sean McVay. Some of the most difficult parts of playing the quarterback position are really where he illustrates what a special player he is. Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson. It's a partnership. Now the players can decide if two or three want to get together. Years ago, owners could stop that. Played a tight end position for the Green Bay Packers, Jamichael Finley. If you got a guy saying, I'm not taking that shot, guess what that looks like? Oh, we ain't got a team player yet. ESPN Radio, weeknights and weekends on Sports Radio 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. The Zone. The best is yet to come in College Station. Chase Lane is in for a touchdown! Yes! Head coach Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies are ready to rise to the top of the SEC. Swing to Anias. He's in the end zone. A six-yard reception. Join us Saturday. The Kent State Golden Flashes visit College Station. Our coverage begins at 6 on your home for Aggies football. Listen to Aggie football on 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Online at RadioAggieland.com. Or... or Tell your smart speaker to play Zone 1150. You can hear Astros Baseball on the Zone 1150 AM and 93.7 FM plus Gospel 97.3 FM. Astros Baseball on Brian Broadcasting is brought to you by Kelly Burt Dozer. Listen in as the Astros contend for the AL West title. Listen in as the Astros battle for the best record in the American League. Listen in as the Astros contend for another World Series title. Astros Baseball on the Zone and Gospel 97.3 FM is brought to you by Kelly Burt Dozer and in part by First Financial Bank. the Bellucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap. King Ranch Saddle Shop, they offer exquisite clothing, leather goods, luggage, jewelry, accessories, all of the above, all made with the highest quality materials and craftsmanship. Zach Taylor alongside Billy Lucci with you. It's episode number three of the fall, hard wow. to believe. Uh, yeah, now we're, we're really getting into the swing of things here at the tap. By the way... I don't know if any of the front table, I know that you're enjoying some of the chicken tenders. you got the Aggie dinners oh, yeah. going on at the tap tonight. Good. Chicken fried steak plate, uh, chicken tender plate. You get gravy, mashed taters, 
all the all of the above with that. So you really can't beat that. Eleven ninety nine, heck of a deal. I had some dinner earlier th- this uh, this evening. I actually had the buffalo chicken sandwich, which oh. I'm big on. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. There. Uh, so, uh, anyways, no, delicious. So if you're listening in, you can still make it come on out and enjoy some good food. That being said, fall practice. Had the open uh, open practice yesterday at Kyle Field. By the way, your thoughts on the crowd yesterday and just how did that, I mean, that experience to get those guys in there on Kyle Field in front of some fans, it's not 100,000 plus, but in front of some fans, kind of get them um, acclimated, so to speak, the young guys. I think it's a great way to start, Zach. I think it's, you know, it's great for the fans. It's great for us in the media. Um that cover the team every day, and I think you know. I think Jimbo thinks about that, and 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 Mark Robinson, uh, his director of ops, or, or kind of runs the show over there. But they think about that because you're, you know, we're going out there every day for twenty minute, twenty five, and, and it's not as short as we say. You know, you're out there for a half hour. It's enough to like. get a sunburn. Yeah, it is. And, and <laughs> but you know, you got people. I don't know where you live, but I'm driving. 15, 16 minutes there and back, a half hour behind in the car to get over there, and we we cover the hell out of it. Y'all do, we do. The Eagle, the you know everybody here local, Brent, everybody covers the hell out of this team, right? And it's nice to be able to watch a practice. And guess what? It's so easy to do. And I, more coaches, it surprises me that they don't get it. I, don't, I bet there's not one person in the media that complains about access and wanting to see more after getting to sit through a whole practice. Because, number one, they're long. Right. And, you're, and, and number two, people <laughs> realize, okay, there's not a whole lot to be gleaned from this. But they, they, I think everyone in the media is really appreciative of that. And it doesn't, I've always said it doesn't take much. On this beat, it doesn't take much to say, hey, we appreciate you guys. And that was also to the fans. And you can't always do it. Just for the high-level donors, either yeah. practice, private practice, you donate this much money, and that's great. And I do think those people deserve more in the way because they're they're helping. You know, everybody helps how they can, though. Right? So, no, they're integral. There are part some fans sure. that can't give a dollar. Right. That that love their Aggies, and they could have been out there Saturday. So I, I think that is a win-win-win-win, and it's a win for your guys in the program because, like you said, you get to sit out there and practice. Get a little more energy early in the early going with some fans there. Again, I don't think it'll be a regular thing, but I think it's good. I think it's it, it was perfectly timed, and uh, I gave him a little juice. That's something that Jimbo Fisher and his staff, I think, get uh, that maybe other coaches don't. And just kind of that working with the media, obviously working with the fans, trying to be out there, trying to be present, uh, and trying to, to kind of pull back the curtain, so to speak, even if it is for just a little while. By the way, if you would like to ask Billy a question, front table, we're going to be passing around some cards here in just a little bit. I know it's been a hot minute since y'all last got a crack at Billy, so y'all can fill out some cards. Bring them up here. We'll do that in the last segment. Also, we're taking text messages, 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. Ask Billy in our last segment. Billy, I'm going to ask you this question. Eli Stowers moving to tight end. Yeah. A, a, a well-heralded blue-chip recruit at quarterback um, coming from that Dallas area. He's playing at tight end. One, did you see this coming? And two... How can this benefit him if he were to make that move back behind center? Um, 
if how much would it benefit him if he moves back behind center? I, I guess I guess the experience of being on the field, playing some tight end, getting that kind of experience, could that benefit him possibly yeah, if he were to make that swap back? Yeah, I think so. But I also think it helps him to be able to make the swap, his experience as a quarterback. Right. You know, he understands so much. Uh, it, a, he got a crash course in this offense dating back to the spring because you have no other option if you want to even have a chance in this offense under Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by all accounts, he learned it remarkably quickly. He's an incredibly intelligent young man. He always has uh, been dating back. He's a coach's son. But at, at 6'4", 220-plus and running a sub, uh, he runs in the four fives and – Jimbo said 40, maybe a 42-inch vertical. He's a 7-foot high jumper, Zach. And, and you watch him out there, and he's got ball skills. So what could this guy be as a tight end in this offense? I mean, it's very early. You don't want to put much. But but if, if Eli Stowers was a recruit last year with those measurables as a tight end, he'd have offers from most of the country to play tight end. Yeah. He would have been, he would have been every bit the prospect, but but really numbers wise, that guy might be a five star tight end. I mean, if you think about it, could he be like an Evan Ingram type? I, I think absolutely. It's kind so. of changing the game. Just what I mean, he Kyle could, Pitts for that matter. Just go back to last yeah, year. What he could do, as and there are a lot of tight ends that have done that that have quarterback in their background. There are a whole hell of a lot of them. So. I like him making the move. I like him being a team guy. I equated it this morning to Anias Smith and what he did before the bowl game. Uh, and look how it's paid off for Anias. So maybe. I mean, look, it's not necessarily this year. Although, if, if I, there's a battle to be the number two tight end in this offense. Yeah, it's not Baylor comes right out of the gate. No, it's it's, not. they're not going to hand it. And Baylor has all the talent in the world. And I think he'll be the guy. But he hasn't played it down in college football yet. Right. Same with Blake Smith, who's coming off an ACL injury. Fernando Garza probably won't be ready for a while. You know, he's a true freshman coming off. So, yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity to play. Who thought Ryan Rennick was going to be the number two last year? And he was. I, I'm just saying, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Again, I think it's Cup. Um, maybe Stowers becomes a third, or maybe this is just a deal where – God, this is a nice couple of days. I wonder what he'll look like a year from now when Weidemeyer's in the NFL and, and we're looking for to round out this rotation at the position. There are a lot worse positions to be in Jimbo Fisher's program than, yeah. than a tight end. I no mean, doubt. honestly, if you're, if you're looking for your best shot at the NFL, I think tight end would be one of them because you know you're going to get the ball. You're going to be able to display your talent, uh, and we've seen that so far in Jimbo's offense. We knew that coming in, but uh, has really been on, supl- on display since he arrived at Texas A&M. You made mention – of Anaya Smith and everything that he's been able to do, kind of the Swiss Army knife of that team, of the def- of the uh, offense. You know, you got him, you've got Isaiah Spiller. Devon A-Chain obviously had a huge Orange Bowl. We already knew the kind of talent that he had, but I, I don't know if you would necessarily call that his coming out party, but he definitely had a, a tremendous game. So how is Anias going to fit into this backfield when you've got the one-two punch of Spiller and A-Chain? And you imagine A-Chain's probably going to get some more touches this year than he did last year. And I think, LG, you know, you, you got Crown over, Hubbard, Jackson, and then you've got a true freshman that was five stars by his name, and for a reason. I noticed him yesterday, LJ Johnson. He caught my eye. But then 
you also got Amar Daniels. So that is a, you know, that is a group in there that that they're all ready to fight for that third spot. Anias, I, I'm fascinated to see him. I don't know the answer to that, Zach. Like what they're going to pull out for you, him. But you're going to have to line him up in the backfield some because he's so dangerous, and you can't just always throw it to him out of there. But they love his blocking. They love his ability to get matchups coming out of the backfield. You look at that. Actually, I think he might have done it from the slot last year in that play against Arkansas for that touchdown. But you watch him help close out the Tennessee game as a running back. He did the same thing. I think it was against Mississippi State when when Isaiah was banged up some. So, I mean, I, I know Jimbo loved him at running back. He's a playmaker at receiver, so I don't think we've seen the last of him in the backfield. Yeah, but it it it's hard to imagine that much of a three-headed monster back there. And I think he'll be a situational guy, or maybe you know, hey, when we need him to finish, he'll be there to finish. That's a great problem to have. Yeah, I mean, if is. you've got that many talented guys, it really and is. as you said, you can do all kinds of stuff with Anias, just the kind of talent mm-hmm. that he has, the ball catching skills that he has, being able to put him at the slot. I mean. All of the above. By the way, he did tell us yesterday, too, that he is, in fact, going to have to to do that wardrobe change after every kickoff return. So that's not going to be changing anytime soon. So I'm sure if we end up watching watching the game on television, what have you. you pay for wanting to wear zero. (laughs) With the NIL stuff now, that ought to be a thing where guys are paying for jerseys now. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, we'll see how that. How I'll that's covered. An, I'll take an agent zero, sub, sub zero, <laughs> sub they zero, Anaya like Smith. Yeah. Yep, that would be the way to go. All right, guys, going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for Jimbo Said, brought to you by BNB Automotive. The head coach of the Aggies spoke with the media yesterday, and we'll hear a little bit from him coming up. Billy and I will break it down. Again, you're listening to the Bellucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap. King Ranch is known for their uncompromising stewardship and authenticity that's lasted for seven generations. I'm Zach. He's Billy, and you're listening to the Bluchi Hour on The Zone. I'm Tulsi Reber with your community calendar on The Zone. Every mom has questions, and Mother to Baby Texas Tips is here to help. For questions about how medications, alcohol, drugs, or other concerns during pregnancy and breastfeeding can affect your baby, call 855-884-7248. Give your girl more opportunities to thrive. Girl Scouts offers kindergarten through 12th grade girls a fun, empowering space where she can safely take on new challenges. Expand her potential at gsctx.org. Bee Bridge Ministries drive through Food Pantry is open every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Call 979-704-6037 for more information. For more information about becoming a master gardener, visit BrazosMG.com. Your home for football with your fighting Texas Aggies, the Houston Texans, the Bryan Vikings, plus Sunday and Monday night football from Westwood One is the Zone 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. I'm Tulsi Reber on The Zone. Opening the door to the King Ranch Saddle Shop in Century Square, you're immediately hit with the unmistakable scent of high-quality leather. Everywhere you look, boots, apparel, and accessories to home goods, luggage, and gifts, you see King Ranch's love of ranch style and functionality. King Ranch is known for their quality, stewardship, and authenticity that's lasted for seven generations. Only the best is good enough, and our products are meant to be passed down for generations. The King Ranch Saddle Shop has found a home in Aggieland at Century Square on University Drive. Stop in and spend some time with us. All right, everybody in the car. Justin's big game is tonight. 
Uh, now what are we going to do? Looks like he might have to forfeit the game, son. Car problems keeping you in last place? At B&B Automotive Services, we're fast and dependable. We know how much you rely on transportation. So when you need repairs, call B&B Automotive or look them up on the web at b-bauto.com. B&B Automotive. We fix it fast so you don't finish last. Football season is just around the corner. How do we know? It's our annual SEC football preview. Tune in each weekday afternoon as we listen to the players and coaches who will determine this year's league champ. The SEC football preview brought to you by First Financial Bank, putting you first, and by the UPS Stores of College Station. Tune in each weekday afternoon at 4.30 for the SEC football preview, exclusively here on 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. You can listen to Aggie football, basketball, and baseball on your Amazon dot or Echo. Step Echo. one, say Alexa, enable Zone 1150 skill. Step two, anytime you want to hear fighting Texas Aggie football, Texas A&M women's basketball, or Aggie baseball, all you have to do is say, Alexa, play Zone 1150. It's that simple to listen to your favorite A&M teams that play on the zone with your Amazon dot or Echo. Make sure Echo. to say one time, Alexa, enable Zone 1150 skill. Then say, Alexa, play Zone 1150. It's the Bellucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap. King Ranch Saddle Shop, only the best is good enough, and King Ranch's products are meant to be passed down for generations. Zach Taylor alongside Billy Lucci, and Luch, the head man himself, Jimbo Fisher, got to speak with the media yesterday. He had some pretty, well, really the entire 25-plus minutes, I think he spoke with us. All of it was great, but we did come up with a, a few quotes from him, a few things that he spoke about. One was the super seniors. When you look across the board... I mean, Texas A&M has a lot of guys that came back for yet another year. So Jimbo Fisher was asked about this yesterday at yesterday's media day. Sorry to hear about Coach Bowden. Yes, sir. Uh, how were you all able to convince so many uh, bonus seniors, whatever you want to call them, super seniors, to return to this defense that was already pretty good last year? Well, I think they also saw the value in coming back for the team and what they accomplished. And I think a lot of guys – accomplished so much in what it felt like to win a championship or almost win a national championship and, and like that feeling and, and then I think also the benefit of them at their next level it, it's a two you know it's a double-edged sword that we have a great team you were great players with it they enjoyed that success in which we had and how we had it and the way we had it and uh to get there but then also their personal development to be able to play at the next level I think it will enhance every one of those guys' ability to make the NFL and play in the NFL and be a, and be a very significant draft pick and factor in it and I think it's, you know, it's a combination of both and I think both guys and they love A&M Obviously these guys are making in a lot of ways a business decision because you have this choice of whether you want to go pursue your NFL dreams or you want to come back and play for another year but also what does it say about Jimbo Fisher, about his program, and about Texas A&M that guys would want to come back and compete for him? Well, I, I think that's a, a key point there. I mean, look, you can't generally – I don't know if the NIL changes this, but you can't generally fight a guy coming back that's going to be a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Okay, and generally, there's exceptions. Derek Brown's a recent exception. Um, heck, Von Miller returned for his senior year. Uh, I, th- I believe, uh, am I wrong, or did Jake Matthews as well? Uh, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, so it can, it can happen, but it's not, it's not the norm. 
especially even especially today. But they come back. These guys could have gone. They could be in NFL camps right now, and that is a big time draw. Especially, you got to remember the season they just came off of, where they're getting COVID tested three days a week, and they never know if they're going to be able to play, and if they get contact traced, they're out, and, and you know they can't practice, and they don't even feel bad. You know, so that was a grind. Oh yeah, but they believe in the program and they believe in him. And you heard Michael Clemens talking about it the other yesterday, and he said, "I thought it was really powerful." He said, "He made us right away." believe that we could win a national title here they believe in the coach and they know he believes in them and that's a big that's a big deal you're you're not coming back and for that many guys to come back it means two things they believe in the guy in the coaches the head coach on down they believe in their teammates because they think they're coming back for something special right they would they're not coming back just to say i need to up my stock yeah well you and, mentioned- and there is part of that because, again, none of them are projected even top three rounds. Yeah. But, but Hansford, Clemens, Aaron Hansford, Michael Clemens, Miles Jones. Peavy. Jaden Peavy, uh, Keldrick Carper. These are guys that, that you know, with a strong year, people are paying close attention to, the, to them. So they'll help themselves, yes. Do they have the opportunity to? Yeah. But I think they really are coming back for more of the team thing than they are for the individual. Well, and you spoke about Michael Clemens, too. I really like talking to Michael because he's – you can tell that he's thinking through what he's going to say. He doesn't just throw it out there. It's something no. that he's thinking about. Yeah. He's processing it. And he said – and this was kind of part of that quote – we didn't come back just to come back. We came back to win the national championship. Yeah. So they, without a doubt, had that on their mind. That's something they've been talking about uh, this offseason. Now, in order to do that – and we spoke a little bit about the wide receiving core. Again, this is Jimbo said, brought to you by BNB Automotive, something that we're going to be doing every Monday here this fall. Uh, hearing a little bit from the head coach, he spoke about Demon Demas, and you, we talked about Demon earlier, as well as the wide receiving core as a whole. So Jimbo speaking with the media yesterday about the wide receiving core. Coach Twofold on the receiver saw DeMond on the bike uh, day one. Update on him. Had a foot injury that he had this summer. Legit, he's worked hard, had great grades, has been busting his tail. It's just taking time to get his his sprained foot that he hurt running this summer just in a running drill. Nothing ironic that he'll get back on and we're, you know, timetable each and every day by what goes on in the medical staff. I mean, he'd definitely be back, just getting it back. And then just that unit as a group, Coach, what, what can they improve on and be better at this year? Well, I think everything. I mean, big plays, catches, no drops. Big. I mean, as a receiving group, you're, that's your whole goal. I want, to, I want to not drop balls. I want to have not missed assignments. I want to get open on every play. So, I mean, those are challenges, which is like on defense. I want to cover every guy. So, I mean, just taking another step. And when you got young quarterbacks, taking that responsibility of doing my job and doing it well and consistently where that guy doesn't have to worry about me because a lot of young quarterback problems come from when people around you don't do their job. When the guys around you, that's one of the things that, you know, you got running backs, tight ends, and, and receivers all have tons of experience. So when those guys do their job, it makes a quarterback growth much easier. When they're where they're supposed to be and I get through my progressions the right way and the read says, I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to do that, and it's there. It's when guys don't do the right thing or those can be bigger problems for young quarterbacks. And, that, and our receivers are very knowledgeable. They have good ability. Vertically and not, and and I think we got to continue to work down the field in plays, which we do. Getting chapping those guys back, I think will help in that, and other guys developing, which I've already seen in the first two days. 
And I think that'll make the quarterback transitions much, much easier in, in their development and gain their confidence. And once that confidence comes in, they can take off. And, you know, the, the receivers are going to have a big part with the tight ends and the running backs, too, in what we're doing. So that really struck a chord with me because when you're talking about these young quarterbacks, yes, everybody's focused on what can he do, what kind of intangibles does he have, how can he, you know, what plays can he make running out of the pocket, how, how can he make his throws. Jimbo put it like this, hey, everybody around him has got to do their job. And if that is the case, if they do that, which he believes this wide receiving core can, that's going to make it so much easier for the quarterback. And, yeah, that, that should be a given. Everybody should realize that. But I think especially looking from the outside looking in, you see, okay, well, the QB threw an interception here or the QB made a bad read or something to that standpoint. But you're not factoring in all the other things that have to go right for that play to work. And especially in a young quarterback, you need those veteran guys, those skill players, to be able to, to come together and help him out. That's especially true with the O-line, and it's why I keep saying the O-line this year to me is more important than QB because QB is going to have a really hard time playing well without the blocking, without the running game to support him. So they have to block well in the run game to get that going, and that takes pressure off, and that opens up play action. Yes. Um, as far as receiver goes, I'll go back to the Alabama game last year. Kellen throws that pick six uh, kind of just before halftime, about yeah. the time the game's breaking open. That is a play that a veteran receiver breaks that route off so much sharper and comes back to the football. And at the worst, that's an incompletion. A veteran receiver, you're in game two. You had a lot of new guys, and I forget who that even was. So I'm not even going to. Yeah, I'm not going to attempt to guess. Off the top of my head. Whoever it was, probably is either not playing anymore, or they 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 matured a great deal as the season went on. They didn't. They curled that route, rounded it off. The Bama DB jumped it and was gone. It was actually a good throw. It was timed right. It was good. Th- it wasn't. Uh, it, he didn't work back to the football. It wasn't a sharp break in the route. It all ties in together. So veterans at wide receiver are really going to help these these young QBs, whoever it is that starts. I also think Jimbo mentioned again the deep ball and the verticality. Uh, I think watching even yesterday, I, I, I might be wrong, it just feels like they're working on that a little bit more. And it feels like they got a little bit more in the way of weapons. You saw Moose Muhammad make a spectacular one-handed catch on a fade. Yeah, he's a guy there. I think's really going to have a big We've year. We talked about Chapman. He talked about Demas. Uh, Chase Lane can fly. He really can run. He's going into year two as a starter. So now he can fly, and he knows what he's doing before he does it. Start setting up DBs, getting an extra step. And then we mentioned Yule Keith. And I think Devin Price is a down-the-field guy. He's not the fastest guy, but he's really freaking big, and he really finds the football and can go up and get it. So I think that vertical passing game has a chance to be outstanding especially with the attention you have to pay to Widermeyer and the ground game it both of those things open that up yeah you mentioned Chase Lane fun fact I actually uh, got to call one of his high school football games uh with Rudder they went down and played St. Pius the 10th uh Grant Gunnell and Chase Lane had quite yeah. the day uh I was broadcasting that one from the top of the press box yep. outside which was a lot of fun but yeah no he's uh he is definitely a talented guy and then Jimbo was asked this question and I, I really like this answer you know, you've had this success. You've gotten the number four ranking last year. 
How do you stay there? What do you have to do to take that step to where this is going to be a year-in, year-out thing? And here's what Jimbo had to say on that. You spoke earlier about expecting to be ranked among the top teams in the country, but now you have to go out and do it. Like, what will be the biggest key if you had to name one thing of what it will take for you guys to take that next step? To live in the standard. Not worry, not worry about who we're playing, where we're playing, or, how we're, or, 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 or any of that. We're worried about how we play and what we do, and that we meet our standard each and every day. And I mean this, whether you're the first game, the last game, you play them the same, and every one of them is the most important game in the world. You play them one at a time. There are no games. Everybody says, well, that's a big game. Lose one game and see which game's a big game. I mean, they're all one win, one loss. I mean, it doesn't matter. So you have to approach that way. And I think there's a mentality and an understanding that way, that no matter who your opponent is, and it's a crazy statement, your opponents become faceless. It's a matters what you do. It's not disrespect to them, but you can only control what you can control. And that's a standard in which you approach a game, how you prepare for a game, and how you and how you then perform in the game. And that's what you have to do. And that's the standard in which we have to learn to do. And I think we're in the process of doing that. Very much a business mentality, I think. You're you're going in here. Doesn't matter who you're going to be playing. You're here to win. You're here on business. And uh, as he said, living up to that standard, setting the standard, saying that we're not going to expect anything less than this. This is what we expect year in and year out. And we talked about Michael Clemens, a guy who without a doubt has bought into that, and I imagine there's a lot of other guys. Most of the team has as well. When he starts talking about faceless, I think of Game of Thrones. and, and uh, <laughs> The faceless man? Yeah, the faceless man and the island there, that weird island, that we- that whole deal was just weird to Threw me. you for a loop. It's weird in the books too, by the way. Yeah, but – so, and what was her name? I always forget her name. Uh, Arya? Arya, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Arya yeah. Stark. But hey, she did kill the Night King, though. The faceless man, yep. And so, but the funny thing about Jimbo, sometimes you hear these quotes, and, and if you just hear the words and you wrote, wrote them down, it would sound like robotic, just kind of bland. Yeah, but you watch coach his teams, You watch him coach, and you watch his teams play. And there is emotion, there's energy, but there is that level of focus that he talks about and that commitment week after week after week and that handle their business. And I think we finally really saw it set in last year. They lose they, – they look like crap against Vandy. Yeah. Again. It was, lo- it was bad. Again, lose that game and see if that game wasn't Oh, yeah, important. see if that wasn't a big one. See if that – go back and ask anybody in that building, was that fourth quarter against Vandy important? They did nothing in the fourth quarter, but they made a couple of defensive plays that let them win the game. You don't think that was important? Where would we be? What would we be talking about right now? Completely different year. Um, then you go and you play Bama, and you get stomped on, but you build confidence somehow, and that's his coaching, and that's a veteran team. They they we 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 played better than the score. We can play better. They come out. They beat Florida. Last second thriller. Then they have to go to Mississippi State early, midday, play in Starkville, Cowbells, the whole day. They go run them out, handle business. Do the same thing when they played South Carolina. Same thing against Arkansas at night. The Hogs were coming in, struck early. That game's over by the end of the third quarter. They go, and they're in a dogfight at Auburn. They figure it out and win. They go to Knoxville. Tennessee's got nothing to lose. A&M's got all the pressure in the world. They go and beat them 31 or 34 to 13. Orange Bowl. You're in a dogfight in the fourth. Final couple possessions. They just pull away. 
all of those things are because they're playing like Jimbo coaches them. They have been conditioned by Fisher, Elko, Jerry Schmidt, that staff. The veteran players have set a standard. This thing has turned, and it turned last year. Hell, it might have turned when they barely beat Vandy. You never know when it's going to come, and I think that's what he's talking about. You don't know what play it is or what quarter it is, and it might be against a team you're supposed to beat. And you struggle one week, and then the next week you have that giant breakthrough, and, and it's, it's game on. You well, know? Yeah, and as you said, I mean, he says those things with conviction. It's the, you know, it's not all hat, no cattle, so to speak, with Jimbo yeah. Fisher. Again, guys, that's Jimbo said. That's going to be a new segment we're bringing to you this fall, brought to you by B&B Automotive. Whether you take advantage of their free loaner car while yours is being fixed or use their pickup and delivery service, B&B Automotive earns your business. Coming up next, it's Ask Billy. By the way, you can shoot us a text 979-693-1150. Still get your questions in. We've got a couple here that we're going to ask Luch coming up. Again, it is the Bellucci Hour powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop live from the tap. King Ranch Saddle Shop in Texas. King Ranch is the largest producer of turf grass for both residential and commercial use. AM's golf course has King Ranch turf grass on it, believe it or not. You're listening to the Bellucci Hour on the zone. The tap on Harvey Road has been serving BCS since 1990. If you're hungry, the huge kitchen features a menu with a large selection of unique items like deep fried fajita bites or a four inch high club sandwich. See the menu at thetapbcs.com or on DoorDash. Join the tap Mondays and Thursdays for the new live broadcast all about. About Aggie football at six or live trivia every Friday. Karaoke Mondays, piano bar Wednesdays, and live bands are also tap specialties. Even book your next event or office party with the tap. Go to the tapbcs.com for more info. This is ESPN Radio. Head coach Mike Boynton, Oklahoma State basketball. Men's talent, work ethic that's been unmatched by any other kid I've coached. Talking to Matt Nagy right now, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. When I say the room is healthy, Andy Dalton is doing everything he possibly can to help Justin. Charles Haley, Pro Football Hall of Famer. I always believed that the fans, they're the ones that paid my salary. I always felt like I owed them something. Talking to Pat Connaughton right now, NBA champion. The talking head saying it can't be done. Giannis has to leave. It just makes it that much sweeter in the end. Rams head coach. Sean McVay. Some of the most difficult parts of playing the quarterback position are really where he illustrates what a special player he is. Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson. It's a partnership. Now the players can decide if two or three want to get together. Years ago, owners could stop that. Played a tight end position for the Green Bay Packers, Jamichael Finley. If you got a guy saying, I'm not taking that shot, guess what that looks like? Oh, we ain't got a team player here. ESPN Radio, weeknights and weekends on Sports Radio 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. The Zone. Do you love Aggie football? If yes, join the Bellucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, every Monday, Thursday night at 6 p.m. It's the Bellucci Hour, happy hour, Monday, Thursday nights at 6 p.m., live from the tap. Join Billy Lucci of Texags. Join Zach Taylor, the infomaniac, as they get you ready, get you hyped every week, every game, Aggie football 20. 21 King Ranch Saddle Shop. They feature authentic goods inspired by the original Texas Ranch. Look them up online, krsaddleshop.com. Bellucci Hour this upcoming fall every Monday. Jimbo said thanks to B&B Automotive. And every Thursday, it'll be the Tap Pick'em Contest. Win great prizes. B&B Automotive. They're located on South Coulter and Bryan. Treating you like family for 35 years. It's the Bellucci Hour Happy hour, Monday, Thursday, 6 p.m., powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop. Join us at the tap or listen in here on The Zone. The best is yet to come in College Station. Chase Lane is in for a touchdown. 
Touchdown! Yes! Head coach Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies are ready to rise to the top of the SEC. Swing to Anias. He's in the end zone. A six-yard reception. Join us Saturday. The Kent State Golden Flashes visit College Station. Our coverage begins at 6 on your home for Aggies football. Listen to Aggie football on 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Online at RadioAggieland.com. Or, or tell your smart speaker to play Zone 1150. Powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap, King Ranch Saddle Shop. Visit them at www.krs, well, make that krsaddleshop.com. That'll be a little bit easier. Zach Taylor alongside Billy Lucci. KRS Addle Shop. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to go with next. That's what I was going to go with next. It is Ask Billy. It's our final segment of the show, and we've got some questions that are coming in here. And, Luch, this was uh, this was told that this was a different kind of question, but we actually touched on it a little bit last week. Okay. What is the probability of Colorado possibly calling this game off or having no spectators in the stands in Denver? I think it's a much higher possibility of no spectators, but I don't even think I, – I, look, we're, we're a month out from that, so I don't even think it's that's really a big concern so much as maybe limited spectators. I don't think that's going to affect – uh, the the SEC, I think it's a long way from that. But I, obviously, I, I know people on the LSU side that are concerned. Their opener is a week earlier, but it's in LA. You know, if you're an LSU fan planning to travel out there, you're probably watching, paying very close attention. As far as A and M in Colorado, I don't think it is. And and to me, before the Buffs would cancel that game because they lost one, they lost several last year. I think. I don't think this is going to happen, but I think if, if, if they weren't able to play in Colorado at that time, I think you'd see them probably – you'd probably see A&M with another game at Kyle Field. Again, I have heard nothing that that is – like I don't think people on either side are even thinking that that's uh, a concern at, at this time other than just kind of paying attention to everything. But I think that game is going to go off in a normal college football environment, if I had to guess today. Well, not to keep it around COVID, but as far as the vaccination numbers for Texas A&M, I know that Jimbo Fisher has not really come out and given us an exact number. Some coaches don't. Again, that's kind of a privacy thing. You do have folks like Lane Kiffin that says pretty much his entire team is vaccinated at this point. It's more or less, and we talked about this earlier with guys coming back, that's a business decision. I feel like this is kind of a business decision as well because if you're vaccinated, the NCAA says – you don't have to test unless you're showing symptoms. And I, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of the kids. First of all, the numbers in terms of vaccinations within the program have skyrocketed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I do think there was a little bit of a undercurrent of concern a few weeks ago as, man, the numbers were low, and now they're not. Um, now they're approaching really where they need to be. But, to get yeah, it, it takes those guys off – you know, the contact trace and things like that. I mean, there are a couple guys that have been out, and everybody's wondering why. And my assumption, I think if you follow college football now, and guys are out for a couple of days, a few days of practice, a week, and they come back and they're right up to full go, I think it's not that outlandish to assume, you know, they were contact trace. And that almost yeah. derailed A&M's season last it year. Did. It did. It certainly fact. derailed NC State's season this year in, in Omaha. So, 
Yeah, it is. There is an element to that, and I think a lot of the, the kids have started to do it. And then you'll have other programs. I see Hawaii, every athlete has to do it. You see schools where every student has to do You know, we don't know where things are heading in terms of the vaccination requirements, but I'm just – it's very encouraging that A&M is finally starting to get on the right side of that number because uh, I think back, back about the time SEC media days were going on, the Aggies were, were behind what you were hearing from some of the other programs. I imagine the importance has been uh, put forth to those guys yeah. for sure. Uh, and, again, as I said, if you're vaccinated, unless you're showing symptoms, you don't have to test. And so that's a big part of it. And as we talked about, you know, that, that came into play yeah. against Tennessee yeah. as well as Ole Miss last Let's year. Take so. once, take another. We got questions. We got questions. We got, we got questions. We got just a minute or two. Let's go. Uh, this is actually an NIL question. Um, when will we start seeing more players for Texas A&M starting to cash in on the NIL? Will A&M be able to compete with the other SEC teams? Two things. Three things. Yes, they will compete and they'll exceed. Number two. Uh, there's more going on in, in the terms of NIL behind the scenes that y'all don't know about. Some A&M players are, are making some real money on, on this behind the scenes, and I think people have started to figure out that we did it where we released the, the price at first because I wanted to kind of make a splash yeah. uh, as a businessman and somebody that I felt like Tech it would Sands be. making splashes, Yeah, man. I felt like it would be a good look for, for A&M and, and all of the above. Um, but just to final answer to that question, yeah, we're doing more stuff too, so you can expect some stuff in the very near future uh, in the way of a couple big names. And saw De'Eric King too. How crazy yeah. is that? Signing Pro with team. the Florida Panthers, who's an NHL team. Weird. Uh, and so they basically signed him on to kind of be a, a college uh, sports representative, I guess, something like that. I mean, he's going to be going to events and different things. There's uh, no limit. There's no regulation. I feel like it's the stupidest idea in college football history, <laughs> except for the part that – the players the guys get, get paid yeah. the guys get paid that's what we like guys that's going to about wrap it up for this week so we're not this week's show today's show excuse me we're going to yeah. be back here thursday i'm going to get i'm going to get fired already no we're going to be back here thursday but that's going to wrap it up for today's show again uh, big thanks to jimbo fisher some uh, some highlights from him from jimbo said brought to you by bnb automotive again we're going to be doing that every monday front table thank you guys for being so awesome and being here we hope to see you guys thursday hell yeah billy lucci thank you so much thank man you, do Zachary. appreciate it zach taylor You've been listening to the Bellucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, live from the tap, King Ranch Saddle Shop. Follow them on Instagram at King Ranch Saddle Shop. You've been listening to the Bellucci Hour on The Zone. All right, everybody in the car, Justin's big game is tonight. Uh, now what are we going to do? Looks like he might have to forfeit the game, son. Car problems keeping you in last place? At B&B Automotive Services, we're fast and dependable. We know how much you rely on transportation. So when you need repairs, call B&B Automotive or look them up on the web at b-bauto.com. B&B Automotive. We fix it fast so you don't finish last. You can listen to your favorite shows, Louie, Chip, tex or Paul Feinbaum, online at RadioAggieland.com or Zone1150.com. This is KZ&E College Station Brian, Aggieland's home for sports. For sports.
I'm Steve Lennox. Dallas Mavericks and star Luka Doncic agreeing to a huge extension. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the first to report the story today, shared the details earlier on SportsCenter. Luka Doncic has agreed to sign that five-year, $207 million Supermax uh, contract, Kevin. Uh, that'll include a player option on the last year. This is a landmark deal for Luka Doncic, his agent, Bill Duffy, from BDA Sports. This is the first rookie eligible signing the Supermax who's already eligible. He's already fulfilled the criteria to get that full $207 million. Adrian Wojnarowski earlier on SportsCenter. Doncic expected to sign his new contract on Tuesday and hold a news conference in Slovenia. Elena Deladon returning to practice for the Washington Mystics after having two surgeries on her back. Deladon has not played in a WNBA game since winning the WNBA title with the Mystics in October of 2019. Giants running back Saquon Barkley made his first appearance in practice today. Barkley hopeful that he will be ready for week one of the regular season for the Giants. Colorado Rockies organization said a fan suspected of repeating and yelling a racial slur at the at Marlins outfielder Lewis Brinson on Sunday at Coors Field was actually yelling in the direction of the team's dinosaur-themed mascot, Dinger. White Sox and Twins about to get underway at Target Field. Series opener on ESPN Television. White Sox right now lead the AL Central by 10.5 games over the Indians. Hey, it's Key. We're back on Tuesday. Yes, that is right. Two days in a row. We'll get you ready for the first full week of preseason action Tuesday morning on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 8. It's August, and that means not only do we get preseason football, oh, in order to get preseason football, we also have to get training camp. We are at that time of the year where we get to finally start to look at how teams will be performing because we have football that counts in just about a month. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Our excitement is only going to continue to bubble every single day as Sarah is rightfully incredibly excited for a bear season that uh, has a ton of potential. And I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie, Sarah. I may or may not have procured a couple of passes to the first ever Raiders game in Allegiant Stadium on Monday Night Football for the first regular season Whoa. game. I, I may or may not. May or may not. May and may we excited. may or may not be going to the Bears Raiders game at Allegiant Stadium in October together. Yeah, I mean, I, this it's just going to get worse, y'all. Like, I, I just I don't even know how to actually uh, fathom the way we're going to be feeling. So I feel like the best way we can bring our joy is to bring our collective joy to every fan base. Uh, but we're going to do the thing that everybody does. We're going to look at training camps, but we're going to do it in a Spain and Fitz way with some let's go camping. Hello, mother. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very, 
entertaining. Let's go camping with Spain and Fitz. All right, we're going to go camping all across the landscape of the NFL, but today we've got a very, very New York feel to it. We're staying close to Connecticut. ESPN Giants reporter Jordan Renan is joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. And the Giants, Jordan, obviously all eyes on this team, a lot of expectations, everybody talking about Joe Judge. But we'll start with the most basic of basics. You're at camp. You're seeing this all the time. How should everybody feel about Daniel Jones entering this season? I mean, I think the feeling that everybody has is about right. Like, okay, you know, he's got to show it. I mean, let's, let's see if the, the, 